Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Naked, plain, nothing. It's just you're eating hard pita. But there's definitely salt on it. There's definitely salt. Are you? Have you been recording? Of course. Great. Welcome to Ask Eliza Anything, the podcast with opinions for questions like what flavor is naked, and the answer is skin. Well, skin it, flavored. But it just seems like this would just be called like sea salt. You know what I mean? Well, like it's hint called, of sea salt. It's Stacy's chips. And it says simply naked. So I think it's the idea, like, it's so pure. It's just, like, wheat air. It's beige flavor. It's beige. But it tastes like a like a sea salt flavor. It's, it's just good. salt on pita. You're just eating rock-hard pita. Are you okay? Oh, my God, I thought... You look like an iguana sunning yourself in the sun. Like, your <laughs> neck got long, and you were just moving your jaw. You're like, now I gotta get a sip, and I'm ready to roll. Do you know the Heimlich? For you, no. But in general, I do. Yes, I do. It's right... In the solar plexus, which you remember from your favorite movie. <laughs> solar plexus, instep, nose, groin. You're like, ladies in prison, three. <laughs> Nicole Kidman's B-roll audition. <laughs> yeah, instep, no, but it's right here. It's right under the rib cage. And mm-hmm. you... <gasps> you got to be unforgiving with that. Yeah, it's more about forcing the air out, I think, versus, like, f- the food's not there. It's in your windpipe. You're basically milking a human. <sighs> Would you like to milk me? <laughs> remember? I've never seen that movie, but I know all about it. Meet the Fockers? Yeah. Meet the Parents, I think, was the first. Yeah, that's And then Meet the Fockers, which was the one with Barbara Streisand. Meet Meet the the Fockers. Fockers. Yeah. Classic American joy cinema. (laughs) We are back with another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. I already told you this. And we've got a lot of questions today. We've been culling your questions, grouping them out, and and we're ready to go. We've got your answers. Thoughtful, poignant, funny, heartfelt. Warm, specific, educated, insightful, and rare. I have a long one. Don't brag. <laughs> Hi, Eliza. I have a cousin that I'm very close with. About six years ago, she was fired Wait, from her... Is this anonymous? Yeah. All right. About six years ago, she was fired from her cat. From her job because she got sick. Yes, illegal. Yes, she got a settlement for it. She's fine now and has been fine for a while. She hasn't worked since. 
About three years ago, she broke up with her boyfriend of eight years, but continued to live with him and have him support her while at the same time secretly dating another man. And secretly is in quotes. I say secretly because she didn't want the ex she was living with to know. She finally moved out of the ex-boyfriend's house. Her and her current boyfriend got engaged, and now they're married. Over the past three years since she broke up with her ex and eventually moved out of his house into her parents... I can tell she's changed and not for the better. Once she got married, she moved in with her husband, who was 31 or 32 and still lives with his parents. It's been such a negative experience for her. She's not herself anymore. I express my concerns to her frequently, and she agrees but does nothing. She's been hospitalized twice for various health concerns that likely were caused by unhealthy alcohol choices combined with severe anxiety and depression. Her husband works full-time and has a side business, but is terrible with financials. All he does is buy shit for his truck when they should be saving to leave the hellhole that is his parents' house. Is this your cousin or your sister? Cousin. My cousin tells me she works from home and gets paid under the table making like 50 to 60K a year. No. I suspect she's lying to me because she's been lying about other things since everything started to decline about three years ago. The lies consist of drinking, work, financials, and other really small things. When my cousin was hospitalized, her husband didn't even take time off work because they wouldn't let me quote unquote i want to help her but the compulsive lying has finally about this really got to me your cousin is i love her and we are closer no i smell pill problem your husband your your cousin has an addiction issue and that is the end of the story and until she stop i don't want to hear the rest of this until she seeks help for this this is like total white trash behavior not that people with money don't have pill addictions but like all of this the guy lives with the family we got married anyway she uh is manipulative she has a pill problem it definitely sounds like a pill problem versus alcoholism but it's still under the umbrella of addiction and i diagnosed this with almost zero experience even knowing anyone with this other than like comics who are just crazy you have to draw some boundaries she's your family that's cool the best thing you can do for her is have an intervention uh, and try to get her some help. But you should cut this person out. You're just going to watch them throw everything away. That's it. There's no, I'm not talking to her, so I don't have to be like, but there's negotiation. There's also these feelings and this. It's a problem. You cut it out. She has an addiction issue. Move on. You want to get Dr. Drew involved? That's fine. Too much manipulation. She's got a pill problem. She's got to see help. See help. That's it. That's it. I can't believe I diagnosed it that fast. That's it. No one has that much bullshit. When you said she was sick, I was like, oh, no, maybe she has cancer, whatever. She might be sick. But if you're exacerbating it with alcohol, then you have an addiction issue. All these weird lies. Yeah, she's not a bad person, but it's not your problem. And she, you can help her by trying to get her help. I'm sure insurance will cover it or you can start a GoFundMe. Or she can use her 50K. She's probably selling the pills, too, to be honest. She can use all of her under-the-table money for, like, what is that going to count? Like an hour of treatment for 50K? She has a pill problem. Next question. Hi, Eliza and baby Bye. arm. Hello. Say hello. Say hello. hello. Say hello. Uh, what if I just answered every single one myself? Hi, Eliza and baby arm. Hello. I will try to keep this concise. I'm 25. I've been with my boyfriend for one and a half years. Things are going great. We talk about marriage, kids, buying a house, and the future all the time. I have no doubts when it comes to his commitment level. Our issue is cultural. He's from India, has been here almost 10 years. His family is still there and are moderately traditional and conservative. For example, they would not be comfortable visiting him if the two of us are living together unmarried. Mm -hmm. Where he's from, people don't introduce their SO to parents unless they're about to get married. Mm -hmm. Or the parents have arranged it. (laughs) 
I have enough confidence in this relationship that I'm willing to move at his pace, even if that means waiting to officially meet his parents or move in together. My issue is when family, friends, or otherwise ask me if I've met his parents. When I explain no and that it's a cultural difference, people look at me like I just sprouted horns. Mm. I know what other people think about me is none of my business, but I wanted your take on this. Is there a better way I can respond to people's doubts or concern, or is this just a matter of living with the discomfort of people's reactions? I just think if there's one thing that red flags me for two seconds and everything else sounds great, but when I dated that total psychopath, actually I did meet his mom, but I just didn't ask her if she had cancer, which she didn't even though he said that she did. Right. It is a little weird. Like you are living in our culture and just for peace of mind, you want to get a look at that dad. If the dad weighs 800 pounds, like that's what your husband's going to look like. What if it was just a Skype session? You know, I think that's still introducing and that's not done. I think if you are totally confident in this person and that's it really is purely traditional, you're fine with it. Everyone else needs to be fine with it. That's it. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're really confident with it, you just say his parents are kind of weird and super traditional and we're going to hold off until we can meet in person. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to say. They live in India. This isn't a jet blue flight. That's it. That's it. If they want to push it further, be like culturally – when we move in together, that's when we'll do it, and we're working on it. Mm-hmm. That's it. This no one's fucking, and nobody actually cares. By the way, people are just nosy. I think it's also easy from one cultural to think like, oh, he's clearly lying, or he's right. like controlling you, or whatever. Like he's doing something suspicious, and it's people just want to find something interesting. It to could talk be also about. he's just protecting you. He's like, I want them to treat you like you're my real future wife, and I I don't want this them to be dismissive. Mm-hmm. So you're probably he sounds like he's setting you up if he's telling the truth for total success, and that's it. And that's nobody needs an answer beyond that. Your real fr- friends will understand it. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't have uh, parents that are from another culture, it's really hard to grasp that. So. That's on them, not you. I've never asked a friend, like, have you met his parents yet? What's up with his parents? No. (laughs) Nobody cares. And by the way, you're in for a very long life if, you know, you're going to have to, if you you can't get comfortable with other people having questions about cultural differences. You know, there's going to be a lot more things like this once you're together. Holidays, kids, the traditions, the way you're raising them. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. So if you're okay with it and you love him enough that you're willing to weather, because this will be the rest of your life, issues like this, mm-hmm. then uh, just take this as a, a little learning lesson and get ready for, for the rest of the stuff. Yeah. But if you're down, then you have to be down. Roll off your back. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Megan Stone CT. Hi, Eliza and baby arm. Hi. No, I won't. I shan't. I recently accepted a new job in NYC, which means I'll be moving states. While I am planning on bringing my dog, who is 70 pounds, my parents are cautioning me to move to the city first. Can you hear that? Is that your jaw cracking? No, it's my tongue. I just wanted you to think it was a helicopter. (laughs) Okay, she's moving to NYC. Uh, My parents are cautioning me to move to the city first, find an affordable place for me, not just him, and then get adjusted to my new schedule. Start over. Him? Who's him? The The dog. A dog. I missed the beginning because I was doing helicopter. Start over. Yeah, but we can keep it all recorded. (laughs) Okay. Megan Stone, CT. Hi. Hi, Eliza and Baby Arm. I recently accepted a new job in NYC, which means I'll be moving states. While I am planning on bringing my dog, who is seventy pounds. My parents are cautioning me to move to the city first, find an affordable place for me, not just him, and then get adjusted to my new schedule and surroundings until I'm ready to bring him over, which they say could take a year. My parents said they would have no problem watching him, and they do have a big yard for him to run around, plus they adore him. Mm -hmm. I feel horrible, like I'm discarding my dog for my dream job, and I don't want to be separated from him for that long. Do my parents have a point that I should hold off bringing my dog to NYC? What's your take about what I should do? Do you want to look at the dog? There's yeah. not a lot of barns in Manhattan. Yeah, there's not a lot of room in Manhattan. I don't know what kind... First of all, it's the most expensive city. And so I don't know what kind of job you're being offered that you can afford to not live in a shoebox. Let's say you're making a lot of money and you have an apartment 
you might want to go and see what you can get because it wouldn't be fair to a 70-pound dog. Can I see a picture she of this dog? She says he has a Christmas mouth. Does he have a Christmas mouth? Oh, my goodness. It's a large says border the collie. IG, Harvey the Rough Collie. No dashes, oh just the way you like it. Just that snout. 70 pounds. Please, you. That's a, that's a horse dog. Listen, you love your dog. The best thing you can do for him is make sure. By the way, you might get to New York, find an amazing apartment and a dog walker and sort it out. Mm-hmm. You might have a doorman that can do it. I don't know what your financial situation is, but I think you owe it to yourself to go and suss it out because the last thing you want to do is you get there, you have some like hole in the wall apartment, you've got to be at work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and the dog is just stuck. It's not kind to of the dog. So go scope out your options and I'm sure there are ways to make it work. I'm sure people who live in small apartments have large dogs all the time. But if you want to do what's best for him, you owe it to yourself to just go check it out, try to find a good place. And then once you've got your schedule, which, you know, takes about a week to nail down, you can see if you can hire a dog walker. People will come over and do these things for you. Um, You're lucky to have the option. You really are. That he gets to stay somewhere where he loves and they love Mm -hmm. him and there's a yard while you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So just go. It doesn't have to be a year. You might get there. They're like, here's your schedule and you can have someone walk your dog. You could bring your dog to work. Oh, we've got a communal garden for dogs during the day. You just just take a beat. Yeah. It only take a couple weeks. It's not going to take a year. You're fine. No. You're fine. I know you're going to miss it. It's fine. I miss my dog every day and, and she's not at my parents' house. Next question. Sarah Von Paul, do you or don't you like chocolate? I have heard you mention chocolate chip <gasps> cookies versus SPK cookies, but then I've also heard you say you don't like chocolate. Well, SPK cookies are disgusting. What does SPK mean? It's not a cake cookie. It's a type of killer. That's just gross. That's an unholy pairing. Uh, I don't hate chocolate. I just don't choose it. You don't would, like it. I would choose Sour Patch Kids or something fruity over chocolate, but... A piece of chocolate on occasion is not bad. Dark chocolate and blueberries, things like that. But I'm not a chocolate girl. I'll never order a piece of chocolate cake. I'll never get chocolate ice cream. It's just not my thing. That's hmm. it. What's your go-to dessert menu item? I like key lime pie. I'll, I'll do creme oh. brulee once in a while. I love tart and sour. I like an apple crumble. I what about always a go, bread pudding? Maybe if it's really cold outside. But uh, I'm not a chocolate. Like when they're like, oh, it's a chocolate caramel cappuccino. I'm like, what's the chocolate part so I can throw it out? I never get, like, a flourless chocolate cake. I just—it's just not my thing. What about a gooey brownie? Once in a while, sure. But if I had my druthers, it would be a piece of apple pie. So it's not like I hate it, like, oh, I can't eat that. It's so gross, like some other foods, Um, Mm -hmm. like a spoonful of mayonnaise or something. Ugh. Like a Hershey's chocolate bar, bite of that's fine. But What about pudding? No, I don't really. You're really stuck on the pudding. I don't really eat. Why is that about pudding Who already? Pudding? What are you, 90? Did you just say bread pudding? <laughs> oh, I did. You That's different. A plain pudding. That's different. But a chocolate bread pudding, I wouldn't. I'm not satisfied by a bite of chocolate. So that's that. K underscore T underscore 987. Hi, friends. So, Eliza, when you first started developing your comedy style, did you study any articles, books, videos, et cetera, that describe how to do comedy? For example, the structure of a joke or how to have stage presence, or did that all kind of come naturally? You cannot learn how to have stage presence. Like, you either got it or you don't. Um, And in terms of structure, you know, a funny person's a funny person. And not everybody who writes funny or acts funny can tell a funny joke. I'm actually kind of bad at telling other people's jokes. But I remember when I first moved to L.A. I don't talk about this in, in uh, interviews a lot because it's kind of weird. I wanted stage time. And I didn't know how to get that. I was just dropped into the city. And I had never heard of the comedy store. 
I, I knew the improv only because I used to drive by it all the time on the way to school in Addison, Texas. But I, I didn't know anything other than I'd seen stand-up before, but I didn't have any, like, favorite jokes. There, I didn't have, like, bits. I was more a student of comedy and delivery versus stand-up comics. And I remember I, I heard that there was this thing called the Judy Carter Comedy Workshop. She's a woman who wrote this book called the Judy Carter Comedy Bible. And they – it was like – it was just, not a scam, but it's a, a class. Just mm-hmm. like UCB has like classes. Barbizon. Just have classes. And I remember thinking, I don't need a class on how to be funny. I don't. Like I was an improv troupe and I was in a sketch troupe and I know what funny is. But the class, at the end of the class, you got to do a showcase. And I had no resources. I had no one that I knew that would help me. I had no mentor. I certainly didn't know any women that did it. And I didn't know about anything. And so I thought... And I had, like, a full-time job. I just come out of my internship. I was like, well, I'll just take this class, and then I'll get my stage time. And surely someone will see me and make me a star. So I paid for this class, and we met, I think, like, four times, like, once a week for whatever. And I didn't even buy the book because I was like, I barely wanted to buy my textbooks in school. I certainly am not buying. I know how to tell a joke, and who's this woman? Uh, And... I had misread the ad, and he didn't get the showcase for this level of classes. It was, like, the next Thetan level of classes or something. But by that time, I had already met someone else who knew people that did stand-up, and he got me some spots. And so that was super cool. Um, but, wait, what was the question about? It was, oh, about- it was joke structure. But I remember taking this class, and I remember we'd all sit around and try to write our bits, and I would help the other people in the class. I remember sitting with this one girl who was Hawaiian. I just remember this. And her talking about stuff, and I was like, well, here's how you should say that. Here's what you would say. Not necessarily knowing, understanding, like, this is joke structure, but I understand in my heart, like, the way timing is and the way setups are. I'm not saying I was so brilliant at it, but I knew I knew more than those people. You know, it's like when the Mexican kid in your class in high school takes Spanish. Like, he may not be the most perfect Spanish speaker, but he definitely (laughs) understands Spanish more than you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was it. And so... Structurally, you start to get better with storytelling as you get older and you craft these jokes versus just doing it from heart. But that's it. You can learn the structure of a joke, you know, set up, like, premise, set up, punch. Um, But what if that was all backwards? But that's it. That's how I did it. I cobbled together an education based off of funny movies, funny things, feeling, whatever. But I definitely never studied it. Uh, I mean, I watched a lot of films, but I never, it was never like a student of stand-up. And I just like storytelling and sketches. And so I turned that into my stand-up. I made it my own. I turned my negatives into positives. I talk really fast. I made that my style. And now I'm revered for it. Judy's stage name? George Carlin. <laughs> Whoa! Mind blown. I get compared to him a lot, which is sounds like a humble brag. It's just a straight-up brag. And it always is very humbling when people say that. I get I get George Carlin a lot. I get Robin Williams and I get Dennis Miller. Mm. So suck on There that. you go. Do you want to shout out someone you know who has a legitimate comedy class? Or are they not doing it anymore? You know who used to give great comedy coaching, and I don't know if she does it anymore, is my friend Jody Miller. Yeah. Oh. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know if she does it anymore. I don't know if she does, but she was one of the only comedy coaches that I would actually vouch for as, like, a good comic. Because she would put the people on her show. Yeah, and she would do the show, but she's a funny comic, and she's a working comic, too. Yeah. But we're not speaking. Just kidding. We're in our housewarming on Saturday. Okay. This is going to come out in like six years. People are going to DM her like, congrats on the house. Sorry you're not speaking. (laughs) Yulia on the beach. 
Eliza, I like your episodes with MHIG and NY Fred for you best. More of those, please. The dynamic is ace. ace. Also, question, how do you deal with annoying people, like the type who won't shut up, but you can't escape due to circumstances that keep you by their side all day long? Is this, are you writing this as a pen name, Emily? No, because then I'll be talking about myself, or I guess if I was talking about me, talking about you. Look, I, obviously you're talking about like a colleague. Yeah. She is. One thing I've learned from being around totally chemically imbalanced uh, comics mm-hmm. is the art of ignoring. Um, one thing that I've learned from being on set, sometimes when I have no energy and I don't want anyone to misinterpret anything because people, especially when you're a woman, if you fuck up at all, it's like, wow, she was a real bitch. Get out a book, get out your phone, put your nose in it and just tune them out and just, pr- I know it sucks, don't give them any energy. Pretend you don't hear anything or see anything and just act like you are on another plane. You know, there's also a version where the person's annoying and you don't really understand them and you get to know them and they stop being annoying because you like them better. But no energy. Do not laugh when they make a joke. Do not say bless you when they sneeze. Ice them out. And usually they stay away from your energy. I do it all the time. Male comics do it all the time. They walk into a room. They just look around like they don't see anyone and leave. Because people are so fucking weird. So you can just emulate that energy. That's it. If you're, if you're trying to spare your own sanity, give them no energy. Treat them like a child and just kind of ignore it. Yeah. It takes a while to learn that skill. I don't know. I don't know what kind of work situation you have. But, and I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. Like, these things matter. So get back to us with some details. You also have to ask yourself why they're annoying you. Could it be that they're just like you? That's usually it. Next question. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Eliza, I literally love everything you do, and Emily, your laugh brings me joy. I am a long woman looking for some dating advice. I am 6'1", a little over 200 pounds. Did you say long or lone? Long. Long. Yeah, 6'1". 6'1", a little over 200 pounds, and I feel like my size intimidates a large percentage of men out there, even the ones who are taller and bigger than me. Mm. I am 25, and although I know I have plenty of time to get to know myself better before I find someone to spend my life with, I haven't been in a relationship for six years. I see all these tall men with these super short girls, Mm. and I get self-conscious about my height and weight. Do you have any advice on where I can find a long man seeking a long woman? Does that ever happen in real life besides when the girl is a size zero model? A little more background. Up until I turned 25, I never had trouble keeping my weight down and staying fit with minimal fitness and dieting. And now that it's all finally catching up with me, I have more trouble with motivation to lose weight. And that in turn has affected how I believe guys see me. Well, I know what Scott's going to say. Confidence issue. Confidence issue. But that's so difficult. Being that height and that weight, like, you can't mask that. That's, you know, that's a lot um, for you to think about. And it's easy to be like, it's confidence, you know. But at the end of the day, 6'1", 200 pounds, there's not a lot of guys out there that are formidable opponents. Aside from moving to Samoa, where the average man is gargantuan, and aside from moving to, like, Milwaukee, where men are like corn-fed and gigantic. And I know what you're saying. You're like, I've got to do some work, whatever. I actually don't I, – I, I, I'm not 6'1", and I don't have a weight issue in the way that you do. Like if I gain 10 pounds, I could wear a baggy shirt, whatever. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I'm not even pretending to fully understand or have a solution. But I do think there – I see – I tend to see tall men with tall women a lot. I see it a lot, and I always think, like, oh, my God, tall couple, so hot. 
It's so hard, especially at 25, to tell you, like, just be comfortable, figure it out, exercise. Because we all know how we get when you get in, like, a negative spiral. But maybe, like, a little bit of therapy just to kind of unearth, like, what it is you're dealing with. Because sometimes when we're so locked with everything, like, all these variables, like, you don't like your height, you don't like your weight, it's stuck, you can't find anyone, and you it seems as if you feel like you can't make any change to anything because nothing's going to affect anything. But what you don't realize is that one small change can butterfly affect the rest of your life. That could be 10 minutes of cardio that t- tomorrow. That could be changing one thing that you eat. It could be seeing a psychologist just to kind of get mentally more okay with it. Because there are, you are not 6'1", 200 pounds because your parents were tiny people. Your mom obviously is tall. Your dad's tall. They found each other. You're not a freak. You're just a tall girl, and you're worthy of love. And there's definitely more than one person out there who would love to give you that love. So I think you just need to do a little bit of work on a personal basis. I wonder if she's not looking at shorter men because she says she's seeking a long man. Yeah, I mean— Are you down for a 5'11"? Not even just about settling, more just about, like, that's an average height. Right. You know? Like, is anyone below your eye line just not—you're not seeing them? We always focus on the thing we can't have. You know, when you're a girl, you're like, oh, hot guys only like hot sluts. And you're probably thinking, I need a tall guy, and they only like short girls. But there are so many tall guys that like tall girls. There are so many average height guys. The question is, are you okay with someone who isn't who you think they should be? Mm-hmm. And right now, it doesn't seem like you are okay with who you are. So you're probably not going to be okay with someone else not being exactly who you thought they should be. Mm. So if you're saying you're okay with all that and you're doing the work, maybe it's a different kind of work you have to be doing. But I think you have to allow for a little room of mental, a little bit of mental growth. Uh, also, you're 25, so your standards are going to change, shift, shrink, grow, whatever. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life, and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear-mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. 
Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza and Emily. First of all, I love the podcast. Huge fan of you both. When I was in the UK this summer, I went out with a guy who I've known for a couple of years. We went out a few times while I was there and were both super comfortable and flirty. Nothing felt weird or awkward, even though we hadn't seen each other in two years, and I even ended up meeting his entire family. I've been home for a few weeks now, and he's in the military doing a really demanding and time-consuming course, and there's obviously a time change. And we've still been in touch a little, but I think we're both realizing it's harder than we thought— I didn't expect things to go this well when we met up, and he's mentioned the next time we see each other a few times now. I'll be back in the UK next summer, and we'll likely see him, and he'll be coming here the year after that for work, and says he definitely wants to come see me, even though it's two years away. The situation is obviously problematic due to being on two different continents, and I know it's unrealistic to expect a label or any kind of commitment. My question is, should I even bother engaging in this or telling him that I like him, or should I take the let it fade route? What was the beginning of that? Uh, so when she was in the UK, she went out with a guy she's known for a couple of years, and I think it just went a lot better than she anticipated right. it going. And you met his family and you hung out. Look, even as it is right now, like you, first of all, he knows you like him, and if you're questioning even saying I like you, like that's kind of a red flag. I also feel like if if as it is now, like he's already so busy and he's on another continent, it seems like this might take a natural path of just kind of fading out. If he isn't even saying to you, like, look, I love you. I want this to work. Mm-hmm. He's off doing his thing. You need to be. And you didn't even put in the email like, and I'm busy with my thing. It's all about his thing. You're also women always do this. We always discount the fact that, like, you could meet someone tomorrow. I get that you probably love this guy and the fantasy is there because you've only really had like fun vacation time with him and mm-hmm. you met his family and that was fun. And, you know, that's not a big deal meeting a family. I don't think. I'm not the Indian guy from the last question. But don't discount the fact that you two have shit going on. You two have someone else that you might need to meet in the future. Uh, you can keep talking to this person, keep having fun with it. It's hard not to catch feelings, as the kids say. But do not like stifle yourself and limit all your options waiting for this guy. He could be talking to someone else for that matter, or he just really likes you, but it's so limited. The next two years, of course he's saying he wants to see you. He's horny now. You're the last person he had sex with. He likes you, but there might be more for you in store out there. So you can say you like him. I know as girls, we always want to like label stuff like, and just be my boyfriend. You don't want that. You want to be out having fun, meeting people, what if you met an incredible guy tomorrow? Like, all of a sudden, I bet, like, British military guy would look a lot less uh, tasty. So don't forget that you've got shit going on, too. That's it. Yeah. I've been that girl. I get it. I think that's fair. She doesn't need to, like, cut it off, but she no. can let it fade out naturally if it does. You know then... what's really fun? Someone that you can drunk dial when he's in the middle of the day and you're coming home at night and he'll tell you sweet things. And then you don't have any other obligation. Like, have fun with it for now. And you can even say I love you. But... Don't make a commitment. Yeah. Don't forget, you have options too, and you're not in the military, so you definitely have a lot more free time. 
Anonymous. Female comics says military. Upsets everyone. Hi, Eliza. Huge fan of you in the podcast. I've been dating this guy for about a year, but we've been best friends for about 10 years. He has always been a heavy partier, but recently, now that we're older and out of college, I think he might have a drinking problem. He is in therapy and wants to work on it. The problem is that I grew up with an alcoholic dad, and I don't want to spend more of my life dealing with alcoholism. Mm. I know that my boyfriend is not my dad, but is it totally judgmental and unfair of me to not want to be in this relationship because of this, even though everything else in the relationship is really great? I know mental illness is really serious and alcoholism is a disease, but I feel like it's a deal breaker for me and I'll just be dreading relapse all the time. Yep. Please feel free to call me a shallow bitch, but I just don't know what to do. And then in parentheses, she says, female comedian calls child of alcoholic <laughs> father a bitch, LOL. P.S. I hope I provide enough context, but we're both 23. We live in Pennsylvania. My boyfriend isn't a constantly drinking alcoholic, but he will go on a bender and nope. get super drunk and then in the morning feel terrible, so we'll keep drinking. We are done with this relationship. That's it. You have all the evidence you need. And newsflash, your boyfriend is your father. That's why you're attracted to him. It's totally normal. That's why you're attracted to him. Uh, And it's no coincidence that they're both alcoholics. You're used to that behavior. And you're smart enough to know that you don't want that. A lot of people are attracted to old behaviors and old patterns. They're very familiar. Abusive relationships happen that way. Girls that, like, keep dating the same type of guy. Men that attract psychos. Whatever. So... I think you're smart. I think that, you know, it would be different if he was a recovering, you know, I know someone who's dating a recovering addict and they have never had a slip up. Of course, that could always happen, but he's given her no reason not to trust him. This, it sounds like it keeps happening. You deserve to be happy. You're young enough. It's not like you have kids or anything. You don't, if you're smart enough to know that you can do better, then you can do better. And I would move on. And that's that. Because... Yes, he could go to he could go become clean tomorrow, and that's great, and I applaud anyone that does that. But you don't deserve to always be nervous about that. And if you grew up with that anxiety, you're, it will be there your entire life regardless. So you at least owe it to yourself to try to find someone who can sort of – where that's a non-issue. So, yeah, I would move on. Good girl. I love that you had that little tag. When I was on Topher Grace's podcast the other day, I came up with this term because I was like, everyone's always offended at the age of outrage. He was like, did you make that up? I'm like, I did. So I'm saying on my podcast now, we are in the age of outrage. Try stealing that from me like you did elder millennial society. People steal my shit. Oh, look, Eliza, it's a bag that says war paint. Yeah, because you stole it. You got no credit. Age of outrage. You heard it here or maybe somewhere else. And I didn't realize someone else made it up. But I did. (laughs) Call this podcast the age of outrage. This episode. Let them know. Hide I don't my name, name them in. either. I don't edit stuff. I don't Emily name. names them. I'm pretty hands off here. She does a pretty. <laughs> Who invited you? That's it. Good luck. Next question. Luck. All right, anonymous. Uh, my fiance and I have been together for five years, and we decided to get married this October so I can get on his insurance and go back to school as an independent. So sensual. We plan to have a small backyard wedding with my fiance's family and our friends, and another larger wedding with both of our families in a year or two since my immediate family lives on the other side of the country. I am more than excited to begin this new chapter and know I am marrying the right person, but I'm having a hard time figuring out how to tell my family this. My family has never been supportive of our our relationship and has never given my fiance a chance. I know my family will not approve and telling them may cause more drama and stress that I do not want to deal with. However, I do not think it's right to keep our marriage a secret. Please help. I wonder why they don't approve. That's the other thing. Also, why... 
just do one small wedding. You don't need to do one small wedding here and then a bigger wedding later for your family that doesn't like That's him. That's a great call. Uh, I wish I knew more, but let's go ahead and pretend like this guy's awesome and your family is racist <laughs> or something or uh-huh. anti-Semitic, uh, as most people are. Let's pretend that this guy's good and your family's wrong. Mm-hmm. You give them the option. You say, we're getting married. It's going to be very small. We would love for you to be there. It's not big, so I understand if not everyone can make it. We're registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. Mom and Dad, I would love for you to be there. Because you would. Yeah. It's still the, the actual wedding happening. Give them the respect and the courtesy of the option. Sure, it might be a couple more people, but this is what you're doing now. And it will hurt a lot more. And your hands will be very dirty if you secretly get married or if you get married openly and just don't invite them. Right, Invite even them. with the promise of another wedding, like, oh, we're having our wedding no. now, but you'll come to the second one. This like, is no. the religion. This is the spiritual this is the part. Wedding. This is the binding, the legally binding one. Give your parents and your immediate family, I don't know how close you are with the rest of them, the option of attending. Mm-hmm. And they might surprise you. They might be like, well, we're here because we love you. You got to tell them before you tell the insurance provider. Yeah. It's just basic etiquette. <laughs> basic etiquette. That's it. Or maybe they won't. And guess what? Then you don't have to pay for your second wedding for them. That's a great call, Emily. Also, like, just... There's a line from Thinner. Die clean, white man from town. Die clean. What is that? It's from Thinner, one of the best worst movies ever. So do the right thing. That way, you know, you don't have to have Ajita, Suris. I don't know if you're Jewish or Italian. You don't have to be nervous about the fact that you're keeping it. Be honest. You would like it if your mom and dad were there. That would be nice for you or your Mm -hmm. sister, your cousin with the weird leg. So invite them. (laughs) All right. That's what you're doing. And you can just not answer the text or the emails after. But I would be interested to know why they're so anti. Don't marry just for the well, insurance. yeah. And I don't know what's wrong. I'm curious if that's most of the reason or that's what's Look, prompting it at this point in time. You can always get a divorce. Because also that's – if you just want it for the insurance, then just do like a little courthouse legally and then do the wedding you want to have later. Like don't do two weddings. We <laughs> had another time. listener that did ransom scam through Nevada with furniture. Oh, so maybe right. hit they them up and find out things. what – yeah. yeah. Get that going with them. And, <laughs> don't put yeah. things in the mail. Chesney 33. There are a few things I have to admit I'm missing in my life these days. Your commentary on various television shows, Game of Thrones theme song, 90 Day Fiance, etc. Do you still watch much TV or have you been too busy? If you are still watching consistently, what are you enjoying these days? Please bring back the 90 Day commentary. This new crop are just a hot mess. You'll love it. Thanks so much and keep being amazing. I appreciate that. 90 Day Fiance started to hurt my heart and my brain because the people are just bottom of the barrel, the worst of the worst from all seven continents. Except for I don't think anyone's from Antarctica. Um, and so you can watch the highlight on my Instagram story. A lot of people th- think that's fun. I actually haven't been watching any TV. I, I started watching Succession because so many people liked it. So mm-hmm. I'm slowly enjoying that. Um, but yes, I have been busy making my own TV show on tour, filming these movies making this podcast supreme. Um, And that's, you know, I'll watch The Office on replay. You're (laughs) not doing videos about that. Yeah, so I'm sorry. But also, you know, you're on a journey with me. And things hold my attention for short amounts of time. So I really lost my sunshine when my dog died because that was, like, my main inspiration. Um, But I don't really have those nights at home to watch that. I also, like, having now taken Ambien one or two times and gone on Instagram Live, I learned that that's not a great combination. My husband called me. He's like, you're peeing with a mouth garden eating crunchy strawberries. Get off Instagram Live. So I don't have time. I do my sets and I go home because, and this ties into my bottom of the cob, I'm so old and tired now. I have to be ready and up the next day 
for like my six different kinds of jobs. So I encourage you to evolve with me. Follow me on the Instagram stories. I'll find something else to make fun of. Um, but yeah, I just haven't been watching as much. I used to turn on like Great British Bake Show as like background noise. But when I tell you the amount of drafts and outlines and scripts that I have to write myself that are due, it would boggle your mind. So I'm not saying I'm too cool for school, but like I am a it's cottage busy. industry and there's only one person living in the cottage. I constantly want to share videos of movies that I'm watching, but the problem is... Nobody is that then people will know that I'm at my home when I told them I was busy. <laughs> well, you could always say it was from before. Uh, I but I appreciate that you love the 90 Day Fiance commentary. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I should go back and do a little bit of that. Uh, but I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately. Well, and there's, it sounds like I've never watched it, but there are so many spinoffs of 90 Day Fiance. It's like a lot to keep track of. There's just a lot of cast, and they're all garbage people. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll get back to that. But that being said, you're going to love my new sketch show with Netflix, which we're going to shoot. Very soon, and uh, it'll be out shortly. Liana Krennic. If you and Smokey Husky switched jobs for the day, what do you think he would do his topic for stand-up would be, and how would you run the kitchen, and what would you make? I think he would have a lot of complaints about food and, and the NBA. Uh-huh. Uh, basketball jokes. And if uh-huh. I... I would be so... Don't do that. What would Who I make? toast? Toast and mac and cheese, everybody. Cold, uh, untoasted do toast. Do you have food that's a... Spe- will you have that? Just sliced bread. <laughs> You have that sugar candy you make. Do you have anything that's like a go-to, like when no. you used to have to cook for yourself? I I would make chicken and put a bunch of cheese on it with spinach. Like, whatever. No, I don't get any joy from cooking, so I'd probably bake. Yeah, I'd probably like yeah. something with, like, icing work or make my uh, sponge candy. And you're nice at putting things together. Like, you'd make, like, a little charcuterie platter. I would like make you a can... cocktail party. There that's you go. what I would little make. Little tapas, little bits. Little bits, set out nice with nice flowers. I'm really good at curating a lovely evening. So I would do that with like a beautiful bar. That's what I would make. Here's a piece of bread in a beautiful little cute bag. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. Or I'd, maybe I'd make party favors or something. Just hand out at your restaurant. People would come in and say, What's on the menu? And you'd be like, Here's some ribbon and a candle. A lot easier when I had my dog. I'd be like, We'd have Tiny Tips Motel. And you get one dog kiss with every room. Uh, I, I paid for a dog kiss once. You did? I paid money mm-hmm. to kiss uh, at the Stand Up for Pets, Rebecca Corey's dog, Angel, who has since passed. It was like a kissing booth. Okay. Um, I I think I might do like a little coffee pop-up with Sniggity Snacks. Oh. I would do ants on a log. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Not right. Allison Julia 212, what's your favorite condiment? No! I was curious. Mustard. Yellow mustard. Yellow mustard. Love yellow mustard. Love it on a turkey sandwich. Love it on a hot dog with onions. Interesting. That's it. I guess corned beef, too. Yellow, though. Not any of that grainy deli shit. And no gray poupon. Gray puke pawn. Yellow mustard. Tasty times. Call for tasty measures. My dad went through a phase where he made mustard. That was good. That's cool. Yeah. Pickles are good, you know. What? Scott's shaking his head like What's I'm wrong. Mustard is one of my least favorite things in the oh, entire yeah. world. So oh, I'm just, I'm, my body's revolting. You're a ketchup man? Like anything other than mustard. Real anything? It, well, all right. No, you said anything. <laughs> Bring hate- out the jizz. Jizz. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd maybe, though. I'd have to, like, I'd be like, well, maybe that's a safer option. Fresh bong water. People yeah. have a. I would definitely drink bong water. Over mustard? mustard I like mustard. I like a garlic aioli. I like garlic oh. almost anything. I don't... I, they did this in Canada. I've been in Canada a lot recently. They love sticking cranberry with turkey. 
and like to-go sandwiches, like cranberry yeah. turkey. I'm like, listen, they think it's Thanksgiving. hijackers of Thanksgiving. I don't want Thanksgiving other than on Thanksgiving. Don't put cranberry with turkey. Put mustard with turkey. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> Leave that turkey alone. Yeah, Stop also. Stop stepping on the turkey. Mustard or like a garlic aioli, like on a veggie patty or something. It's good. Garlic aioli is always good. Garlic uh, aioli. I, uh, there's this place in Atlanta called Leon's and you can get fries with little dips. Mm. And I would get so excited because we would each get to pick, my sister would get to pick a dip, I would get to pick a dip, and my parents would jointly pick a dip because you could get three. It's amazing that they agree every time. <laughs> What'd you they pick? Probably just my dad got, my mom got to get whatever she wanted. Like, can you just pour sugar in a cup? Okay, but, so garlic aioli, great, but also they had a goat cheese fondue dip Love for it. the fries. That was so good. That's I don't so good. care about, I don't need a barbecue, I don't no. need a sriracha. Sriracha, my husband always says, is just so dudes can eat sugar and not feel like they ordered <laughs> sugar. Sriracha's gross. I love soy sauce. I love a lot of those Japanese types of condiments. What's that? Like pinky orange Thousand Japanese Island? sauce. Oh. That's like sometimes it's with the soy sauce, but it's like not it's like more of a ranchy. It's not ranch, but it's I like think you're thinking of like an American mayo. Spicy mayo. Spicy Is it mayo. Just spicy mayo. That's uh, gross. They don't have that in Japan. Ugh. They do. I'm sorry, that's not true. The Japanese love mayonnaise. They love Kewpie mayonnaise. They fucking love it. I'm not a mayo fan. It does make the sandwich better, but I don't care. Not um, going, going out of my way for it. Ranch can be tasty. Ranch is almost always tasty. You know, people like to dip pizza in ranch. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't. I'm fine with that. I'm not a ketchup fan. I'll eat it, but I don't care. Mm. And I like pickles. Relish. No. Weirdly. Mm. Well, no. it's very sweet. Yeah, I don't like the sweet thing. I don't like like a sweet any place you go like this horrible place, Bimmy Bop, which is here. Korean food is tasty. Bimmy Bop is hot garbage. It is so bad. The all the meat is definitely not. It's just like from like a sick chicken or something. Am I gonna get sued for this? That's no, the, but I'm cutting out some of it. Sorry, let me just say Bimmy Bop is gross. Just say allegedly. And it's one of, allegedly uh, from like a sick chicken. All the food's gross, and all they give you. Don't give me an option of sauces. Okay, I don't eat poke bowls because it's insane how ubiquitous tuna is on land. But you go and they're like, we've got our sweet wasabi, our sweet teriyaki, our garlic bukkake. We've got ketchup, Frito-Lay, Mohawk, surprise. I'm going to mess up my bowl and then there's nothing, there's no recourse. So give me one or two options some sort of soy sauce. I would like a recommendation at a pokey place. I don't want. I don't want to pick my own. Sweet wasabi. It's all sugar, by the way. And Asian people don't do most of. Well, those I things. wind up with the spicy mayo, and it's too spicy. And I take Disgusting. a bite, and I'm like, just. <sighs> <sighs> soy sauce is always good. I'm uh, not some a sort fan of, of yuzu soy sauce. sauce. Is good. Shoyu taste. I guess that is soy sauce. All right, so that's it. Depends on the cuisine. So you got a lot out of that. And then you go to like a Korean restaurant and they've got banchan and they've got all these other little sniggity snacks. A true to- uh, Japanese place will have different sniggity snacks. Mexican places have different sniggity snack toppings. So what genre of food are we talking here? So Best com- uh, condiment is black truffles. <laughs> That's a great call. Truffle salt. Yeah. With oh, real you truffles. love truffle salt. It's got to be real truffles. But sometimes it just tastes like a basement. I got to be honest. The food's got to be right. It can't just be on anything. Tastes like a basement filled with old money. There you go. Tastes rich. It's rich. You ready for top of the cup? Hit it! Oh, butter. That's my favorite condiment. And Tabasco sauce. Also, Parmesan cheese. On corn. It's a lote time. <laughs> Hit it! It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right. Yeah, mustard. Every day. Time to come. You just take a bite. Take, take the, the corn. corn. 
Oh, so appropriate. We were talking about corn, and now it's cob season. I think this has been my top of the cob before, but in my effort to not eat at night and not be a garbage person, I've gone back to this. My top of the cob, late night, I come home from a set, and I just want to unwind. Get a really nice, we have really nice, like, whiskey glasses, like, cut crystal, like, wedding gift. I take one, I fill it up with ice, and I fill that with a Pomplamoose LaCroix. No calories, no sugar, no nothing. And a little floater of uh, some fresh lime. And it's crisp, it's cool, it's a tiny bit sweet. It won't, if you already brushed your teeth, you can just use some mouthwash after. And uh, it's something you can feel good about. And it kind of slakes your thirst and quenches any appetite for dessert. And it's in a substantial glass, so you really feel like you're drinking something. And it's a nice little little luxury that doesn't hurt. Any time of day. Any time I want. Nice. Yeah. Now you go. Now you go. My top of the cup is that it's so hot outside, and we get in here, and Scott had this water waiting for us in this glass bottle. Yeah. And he has it waiting every time we record. It's a real nice cup. And it was such a, this is the only liquid I'm having today or this week. Mazel tov. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm this very week. Excited. Well, you need water. I'm trying to drink more water. Yeah, but- is the only water you drink the water I bring you? Yes. Oh That's not enough water. Yeah, as your employer, can I tell you something? Look at me. You're going to die. Hmm. You need to drink water. I drank water. some water at your house the other day. Okay, well, have at it. My bottom of the cob, speaking of health, is uh, how difficult it is the older I get to plan out a night of craziness. Like, I can no longer just be like, all right, I'll just have some drinks or whatever. I'm like, okay, do I have to be on camera the next day? Am I going to be tired? What's the next night? Like, if I'm going to go out and party, I need a full clearance of, like, a, I need a 48-hour berth to, like, recoup and be good. And even if it's like you got a meeting the next day, it's like, okay, well, if I look fine, will I be tired? Will I be too full? So it's a lot less going out, a lot less spontaneity. That, that being said, I tied one on last weekend, and it was excellent. Now you go. That's my bottom of the cob. Getting older, how hard it is to just party without feeling like a bloated whale. My bottom of the cob, I don't like that at Taco Bell, when you order, they say, they say, how are you? Because then I say, I'm good, how are you? And then you can, like, that slows them down. Like, Mm. they don't want you to ask it back, but it feels rude not to ask it back. So by asking back, I feel like I'm also being rude, but I'm choosing the lesser of two evils. Because I can just tell, they're like, they're like, I'm fine. What do you want to eat from Taco? You want some beans and some I'm sure they've answered you nicely back before. It's 50-50. Sometimes they're like, I'm good. And sometimes they're like, what do you want? I think that's life. I but it just I, Taco Bell you don't make your these companies that have certain things that you have to say like Chick Fil A has to say my pleasure and it's right. like all right fine but then when pleasure? I say thank you I feel like then I'm forcing them to say my pleasure like why do we need these, these weird systems. yeah it's it's so because inefficient. I'll tell you why because if they didn't do it you'd be like you guys are so robotic and cold if they're like Taco Bell what do you want. So it's really more for them and for your ears versus the reciprocatory nature of it. But I do think it's in your nature. I've heard you interact with people. You're a lot nicer to them than you are to me. And I think (laughs) it's in your nature to be like, I'm good. How are you? Like most people, it's on them to answer it back. Today, uh, a number from Anchorage, Alaska called. And I was like, I know this is a robocall. So I didn't answer it. And they left a voicemail. And it was a woman like, hi, I'm trying to reach Victoria. This is so-and-so. Here's my number. So I called her back like a good Samaritan. I said, hi, whatever, Mary, uh, you don't know me, but you just called me on accident looking for someone named Victoria, and I didn't want you to think you left a message for her when I'm the one that got it. She goes, okay, bye, and just hung up on me. 
That she's, was so nice she to you. She said something like, okay, I won't call again. Or just something where, like, I could tell I, like, blew the circuits in her mind. Oh. And I was just like, of course, another thing where I've done something really nice and I, not unlike your Taco Bell thing. But the truth is, I've done that before and called someone back and they've been like, thank you so much for telling me. The truth yeah. is, most people aren't worthy of human interaction or they're too stupid to realize it's happening. The person at Taco Bell probably doesn't love their job and they're just on autopilot and they're actually very nice. Well, we always have a nice chat because I always get my stuff at Taco Bell without me. And every single time really? without, yeah, if you sub potatoes for me oh. in the cheesy gordita crunch, oh, so good. So good. And every every third time someone working at Taco Bell will be like, you didn't get any meat. And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you a vegetarian? And I'm like, no, I just, I like it better this way. And they're like, oh, like very interested. And so this has go. only happened to me at Taco Bell's. Okay, so and I find like it so interesting. You've got a whole new family. <laughs> yeah. I think you're okay. That is enough for you folks. That's Ask Eliza Anything. We're over 50 episodes deep. So if you're listening now, you, thank you for being with us for the long haul and, and for being so committed. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.